folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Not right now. You're getting your wishes, so sit down! Hot dog! Hot dog! Uh, he's a ginger. You know that. Hey! Hey! You guys aren't gingers. Yeah, well, we have red hair. We're daywalkers. Ha ha ha! Right? What's Isn't that, that a mean? thing? It means you're not yeah. full ginger. Oh, oh, daywalker. Okay, so spooky. it wouldn't be that. <laughs> oh, daywalker. Spooky. spooky. <laughs> well, speaking of spooky. Oh, let's start the show. Oh, hey, oh. y'all. <laughs> Happy October. Woohoo. Fall is here. It's autumn, y'all. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Disney Philhar Podcast, where three Disney obsessed former cast members. Relive the magic and learn facts they should already know. I'm Laura, and I'm here with Andrew and Allison. Hello. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Laura. Hi. <laughs> I would like some more information as to what I'll have to be speaking about today. Spooky. 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 All right. What? So, um, like ghosts and haunts. Yes. Black and cats. Ghouls. The Sanderson sisters. Whoa. Well, okay, so we thought, uh, you know, we've got a lot of information Ooh, the to black share. Black flame candle. <laughs> Book. <laughs> Book. Spooky spaghetti. Spooky spaghetti. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Whoa, okay, so um, just to. Uh, Creepy pasta. Spooky spaghetti. Whoa, yes, that's exactly. You guys blew it. I got a whole thing going here. Ah. Uh. I'm just well, kidding. Laura, what's creepypasta? Tell us more. Well, yeah, so we, uh, we've got a lot of information to share in this episode, so we thought we'd kind of skip the news for today and jump right in. Um, and so you guys already mentioned creepypasta and spooky spaghetti. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, if, if some of you don't know, creepypasta stories are um, kind of horror-related urban legends that have been copied and pasted around the internet, mainly distributed through online message boards, sometimes through email. And these stories are about ghosts and aliens and the paranormal, deaths or just plain strange occurrences. Conspiracy theories. Yes. Kind <laughs> of like an internet phenomena. It's really weird. Phenomena. But we're going to be talking about those today in the spirit of... Phenomena. Phenomena. In the spirit of... In the spirit of Halloween... Phenomena. We've decided to dig up. <laughs> Come Sorry. on, you guys. <laughs> we decided to dig up some graves. <laughs> yes. Well, some figurative graves. Yes. Yeah, so, in the spirit of Halloween, we decided to dig up some of these spooky stories and share them with our listeners. And I think cr- creepy pasta stories. It's really up to the reader, or in this case, the listener, to decide if they're fact or just pure fiction. Maybe Ooh. a little bit of both. Ooh. Spooky. We can say it again. <laughs> spooky spaghetti. But spooky before... spaghetti. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I'm the ball. <laughs> before we get started, though, I just wanted to add a quick disclaimer. These stories are spooky and can get a little creepy at times. <gasps> so please be mindful if there are any small children... Who may be in the room? We don't want to have anyone. We don't want anyone having any nightmares. So, just wanted to put that out there. Marge, Marge, tell your boy to go go to his bedroom. Uh, what time is it? 
515, <laughs> ah, it's bedtime. Get to bed. He's like, well, Mom, I don't want to. I don't care about homework. Get that. Get in there. Shut the lights. Sensitive, sensitive subjects and uh, materials, which are not so Disney magic. Right, but these are all Disney themed. If I didn't mention that earlier, these are all Disney themed. Yeah, we're not just telling scary stories yeah, about stories. Like, guys with chainsaws. <laughs> like, all right. So anyway, my neighbor Phil was nuts. No, I'm sorry. Yes, these are all Disney. Yeah, welcome to our Disney podcast, where we're going to tell you some ghost stories about. This one is about Michael Myers. Yes. Yes. No, we're talking strictly Disney <laughs> creepypasta stories. The spooky spaghetti. Spooky Mickey Mouse of spaghetti. Ah, a ah. goofy, a goofy So pasta. yeah, we've each got, we've each picked out um, one or two of our favorite stories uh, that we found on the internet. We looked on websites such as creepypasta.com, right, Laura? Is it creepypasta.com? Yes. Well, and also there's a subreddit, a super subreddit called the No Sleep subreddit, and those are also creepypasta stories. Send it. Yes. So it's actually creepypasta dot creepypasta dot org, and creepypasta dot wikia dot com. And then Reddit dot com slash r slash no sleep. Yes. And also Reddit dot com slash r slash creepypasta. Oh, there's a creepypasta subreddit. Yes. Oh, I didn't see that one. No. So yeah, we each picked out a couple of our favorite stories, and we're gonna go around the room. And share them with you guys. Who wants to go first? Mine's a little long, so I don't know if we want to get that one out of the way or if we hmm. want. I can I can go last. I'd like to hear your guys. Yeah, stories. maybe we'll put you in the caboose. We've got a, a long, super creepy story for the end that Andrew's gonna read. What are my wheels set at? <laughs> I can do one first. Yeah, because Allison, you have All two, right. right? Yeah, I have two. All right, get ready, Let's... you guys. Oh my god, you guys! Give me my latte! Pasta. I need my pumpkin spice latte for that. <laughs> okay, so I have a, a creepypasta here that I found on the internet, and it's entitled What Lies Beneath Disney World? Whoa. <clears throat> <clears throat> I don't know how much time I have left, so I want to get this story out before they find me. You can only hide from a corporation with the resources that Disney has for so long. They're closing in on me as we speak. Let's start at the beginning. A year ago, my wife and I were planning on taking our two daughters to Walt Disney World. Frankly, Disney isn't exactly my thing. I'd much rather be riding roller coasters that fling you around at 90 miles per hour than little boats that take you on a scenic ride through a cartoon I've been forced to watch about 10,000 times. To be honest, the most interesting thing about Walt Disney World, aside from partaking in beer around the world, to me, were the underground tunnels that, as a lot of people know, the park staff and characters use to move around without being seen by guests. They actually have hidden tunnel entrances all over the park, so when I saw the option to tour those tunnels, $75 seems like a pretty small price to pay to get me out of a few hours of meeting princesses. I booked the tour. My wife and daughters weren't interested, and the girls were too young anyway, so I was the only one taking this tour. I was expecting a few pleasant hours of child-free bliss in an air-conditioned tunnel and maybe some interesting information that might make the park a little more entertaining for me. If I had only known what waited me in those tunnels, I never would have signed up for that tour. I never would have taken my family to that godforsaken park Whoa. at all. <gasps> yes. Our trip to the <laughs> 
Our trip up to the day of the tour was actually pretty enjoyable overall. Despite myself, thanks to the girls having so much fun with that excited glow in their eye that only children can get, I ended up having a good time. I, of course, rolled my eyes a few times at some of the more of the top stuff, but I did have fun. I even began to let myself get sucked into it. They're insidiously good at doing that to you. The one thing absolutely none of us enjoys was the small world ride. I've been on it before, years ago, and remembered hating it. In fact, no one I knew had ever ridden it liked it. Even Disney themselves made fun of the ride in a few of their movies. The girls really wanted to get on it, and the line was fairly short compared to the other ridiculous ones. So we ended up conceding. Even my daughters were begging to get off through the end of the ride. Maybe it was that incessant one-verse song that plays throughout the entire ride. Maybe it was the fact that the ride itself is nearly endless. Or maybe it was the hordes of creepy animatronic children that populate the whole thing. But we all hated it. I had no idea why this ride had been in operation for so many years, as horrible as it was. I know the heinous secrets behind it now, of course, but we'll get to that shortly. Anyway, the fateful day of the tour arrived and we got to the park early that day. My wife and kids went off on their way, excited for another day of fun, and I wanted to take the tour that would bring my world to an end. The tour was interesting at first. We heard some history of the park, of Disney himself, got to see a few characters getting ready, etc. But by the second hour I was bored. The tunnels weren't as really fascinating as I had made them out to be in my mind. I just really felt like backstage. I, I just really felt like I was backstage at a show. And the walking was insane. My feet were sore already and I couldn't even get and it wasn't even close to lunchtime. It was at this point that I noticed the door that caught my eye. It wasn't really anything fascinating at first glance, it was simply marked storage. However, it was slightly ajar, and despite it despite it being dark inside, I could tell that it was not a storage closet. It actually looked like what I had been hoping the tunnels would have been. It reminded me of an old military bunker with thick-looking concrete walls, and I could see a set of steep, narrow metal stairs going down quite a distance. Now this was interesting. I don't really know what made me defy all common sense, or what it was that I found so intriguing about this door and those stairs, but I just knew I had to go down there. So I did the exact thing that all idiots in cliche horror movies do. I dropped back from the group, and when no one was looking, I ducked inside. The stairs were fairly rickety, old metal, but they didn't seem to be in any danger of giving way, so I creeped carefully down into the darkness. I could see a room at the bottom, and there was faint light coming from it. When I reached the room, I realized it must be in some kind of maintenance area for a small world ride. It was a cavernous room with a high ceiling above. I could see a lot of broken-looking scenery that looked like it fit the ride, and a few scattered parts here and there. At this point, I realized I might be under the ride because there was water seeping through the ceiling and dripping down. At this point, I was a little nervous. I figured the worst thing that could that would happen would be that I'd get kicked out of the park and have to spend the rest of my day relaxing at the hotel instead of walking and standing in lines. I couldn't have been more wrong. As I continued on, I found another side room. The door to this room was the first sign that anything more sinister was going on. The door itself is fairly nondescript, not even a label, but what really caught my attention was the set of scratch marks on the edge of it. They looked like they were made by human fingernails, almost as if someone had grabbed the door in a struggle to keep from being pulled into that room. Upon entering the room, I realized it must be a storage and preparation room for the animatronic children on the ride. There were rows of clothing neatly stacked on the shelves. Moving beyond these, though, there were piles of clothing that didn't fit with the theme of the ride. It looked like a lost and found, where kids' t-shirts, shorts, and other clothes just haphazardly tossed into piles were without much sorting. 
There was even a pile of those rubber wristbands that everyone wears for the fast pass thing. It didn't seem to be props for the ride. I wondered if maybe they could just be in the process of updating the ride and were using old lost and found items or something. The next area I moved into actually had some of the child dolls in it. A lot of them were broken down, missing limbs, cracked, chipped paint, etc. Then I moved into what looked like a painting area. There were stains on the floor and several of the dolls were hanging upside down on some kind of drying rack. At this point, the nervousness I had been feeling suddenly turned to pure horror. One of the dolls began struggling and weakly whimpering, Help me! <gasps> As I realized in an instant that those stains were on the floor weren't paint, and neither was the liquid dripping from the children on the rack, I reeled with an absolutely horrific sick feeling in the pit of my stomach, but somehow I managed to keep together and went to the child, trying to find a way to get him down. At this point, I was struggling to get the kid off the rack. I heard a voice from behind me that made my blood run cold. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> the only way I can describe this voice is that it was a perfect Mickey Mouse imitation. If Mickey Mouse had been six foot five, 300 pounds, and a chain smoker for the last 85 <gasps> years since he was first drawn, it was deeply and absolutely terrifying. The last. <laughs> was the most disturbing perversion of a Mickey Mouse laugh I had ever heard in my life. That laugh alone was enough to turn my blood to ice water. I turned to see a man in a Mickey suit flanked by about 20 big guys in black polo shirts and khakis. These guys were not normal Disney security because they all had the build of NFL players and the demeanor of Special Forces soldiers. Each one of them had a pistol hoistered onto their, holstered onto their belt, which I know is not standard issue for park security. Mickey himself was the most terrifying thing, though. It wasn't that normal suit you see around every corner of the park. This one looked like it was the original suit from the time the park first opened in California in 1955. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of the original Mickey mascots, but they're horrifying. Google it if you want to see what I'm talking about. The eyes are wide and staring and unnatural, and this one looked like it hadn't been washed in the last 60 years. It was dirty, stained, and ragged. Again, in the demonic Mickey imitation voice, <clears throat> You couldn't just enjoy the park and stay where you belonged, could you? <laughs> just had to poke around where you shouldn't be. Had to find out what we do with the naughty kids, huh? Uh. Well, you're coming with us now. You're too big to fit in on this ride, but we'll find some place for you to put you. Oh. The men in pole shirts started moving to flank me, and I knew I was doomed. My only way out was through this demon mouse, and so I did, so I did the only thing I could and charged him. I was a defensive lineman in high school, so I'm no stranger to the feeling of slamming into another person while running full speed. I fully expected the contact, but when I hit that mouse suit, it was running it was like running into an old teddy bear that had been sitting on the shelf for decades. It just gave way and almost felt like it disintegrated into the cloud of dust that exploded all around me. Wow. I contacted something light and brittle at the center and heard a snap sound like old dry twigs, and the mouse collapsed. I nearly fell on my face from my own momentum because I was expecting a lot more resistance. As I recovered, my feet kept running. I heard some crackling sound and looked over my shoulder. Mickey was on the ground, limbs bent at awkward angles, but his body was popping itself back <gasps> into place as he rose from the floor. It was a horribly disturbing sight, and I turned and continued running as hard as I could. Yeah. I had to get out of there. I had to get back to the park, to the crowds. I knew they would never do anything in front of the park guests to break the magic. I could hear the security guys coming after me, but there's nothing quite like the combination of adrenaline and fear for your life to give you speed. 
There's not a person alive who would have outran me at that moment. I made it out of the room, up the stairs, and into the tunnels in about five seconds flat. I exploded through the nearest exit door and nearly gave some poor family a heart attack when I flew out from the bushes that were hiding the entrance to the tunnel right in front of them. Deciding my best bet was to blend with the crowd as much as I could, I slowed down and tried to stick in the middle of the most congested areas while I bought some time to text my wife and get her and my kids out of there. I never received a reply. After a couple of hours looking for them, I was beginning to see black polo shirts everywhere and I decided I needed to get out of that park. They were probably a lot safer without me anyway, my family. I wasn't going to be around to meet up with them later if I didn't make my escape soon. God help me, I thought they'd left me alone if I wasn't with them. I exited the park with a large tour group so I was less likely to be noticed. I knew better than to go back to our Disney hotel or take any of their transportation, so I went ahead and followed this group to their big charter bus and managed to sneak on board. Luckily, they all seemed pretty worn out and no one seemed to care that I wasn't part of their group. Eventually, I ended up in a bar in downtown Orlando trying to contact my family, and I finally received a reply. It was a picture of my wife and daughter smiling, huge forced smiles, next to that horrible mouse costume. <gasps> the terror in their eyes still haunts me. My soul died that night. Now I can only wait for the mouse to finish the job. <gasps> I've been on the run ever since, staying in cheap motels, moving around, hanging out in crowded places as much as possible. I need to get my story out there before I am found. The whole world has to know the truth, and I don't think I can keep up with it much longer. I know they're closing in. In fact... I can see a Mickey silhouette through the window blinds right now. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my gosh, that's so creepy. That was it. Oh, I didn't know. Um, this one talked about the, the old time Mickey Mouse costume. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. <gasps> Andrew, are you scared? Yeah. Yeah, he's got goosebumps. <laughs> I got goosies. Oh my gosh. Is that so that Spooky spaghetti? So was that Sludge Dodge Man? Was that Raz's husband? She wishes. Oh, not Raz. I'm sorry, Mars. Raz. <laughs> I'm everybody. So that was a tasty spaghetti. Ooh. Tasty pasta. That's what I was reading in the comments. People were calling them tasty pastas. Or Betty Spaghetti's. <laughs> Dirt in the skirt. Oh, that's a League of Their Own reference. Yeah. <laughs> so who else has a story for us? Oh, I have one. Let's hear it. And just so you guys know, for the credits for all these stories, we're going to post them in the show notes. So we'll post links to where you can find them online and where they were originally published. So here we go. I work at Disney. Stay away from the Haunted Mansion. <gasps> bum, bum, <laughs> I guess it's probably best if I start from the very beginning. My name, though not important, is Joey. Last year, I was lucky enough to be able to get into the Disney College program. If you aren't familiar, that's when you basically get credits for working at Disney World. When I found out I was invited to the program, I was ecstatic. Even though I would leave all of my friends, I figured it was for the best. Admittedly, I'd been partying a little too often lately and pushing off my schoolwork, so this could be a good opportunity for me. After a very extensive going away party, I was on a plane flying cross country to my new home. Well, for the next six months at least. I was assigned to a bunk room of sorts and given my job. I was to work on the Haunted Mansion ride in Magic Kingdom. This was pretty exciting news to me. I've always loved spooky paranormal things. I know this ride was geared towards children, but even still, I got my hours and was ready to start. The first couple of weeks were kind of slow, being, it, being as it was my first time doing the program, you don't get to go in the busy summer season. However, it was Disney World, so obviously it was still fairly busy. 
I was getting pretty close with some of my coworkers, Eli, Mika, and Emily especially. We hung out almost every day before and after work, and if we were lucky enough to have the same days off, we would spend them together. Eli and Mika shortly after started dating, leaving Emily and I alone together a lot. Once two people become official, it tends to pry them away from friends. One night the four of us had worked together. Em and I finally got them to hang out with us after our shifts. We were going to play some cards and have a few drinks. The shift went by with little to no trouble. A few guests complaining some of the ghosts were at the last dinner party scene were too scary for the kids. We politely had to apologize. You find yourself saying sorry a lot in this job. They all kept complaining about a lady crying in the bloody dress by the fireplace. That struck me as odd. I had been on the ride and walked through the ride countless times. Never did I see said woman. I brushed it off. The shift ended with throbbing feet. It's funny, I'm not an athlete by any means. But I was not lazy at all. I would skateboard every day, hike all the time, play sports, whenever I had the chance. But my feet still hurt from walking on that moving walkway, 8 to 12 hours a day. I showered and went back to my room. My friends were waiting for me. Eli was watching TV. I remember it clear as day. The Bruins were playing the avalanche. He being from Colorado and me being from just outside Boston, we had some choice words for each other. The girls had their girl talk while we kept drinking and yelling at each other. When the game was over, we were all good and drunk, so the cards were never even opened. We did what drunk kids do, we talked. It wasn't long before someone brought up the weird complaints made today. I wanted to bring it up myself, but Mika did first. Eli, being the one who worked there the longest, suddenly became very serious. Let's not even get into that, just forget it, he said. His tone seemed stern, and it made no sense because he was so laid back. What's your problem? Mika asked him. She also saw the change in his demeanor. It's just, once you know, you can't go back, he said, looking down, shaking his head. I still wish I didn't know. Guys, let's just leave it alone, I suggested, totally planning on making him tell me when we were all alone. No, I want to hear, Emily said. Mika agreed. So it looked like Eli was going to crack. There's a legend, I guess you would call it. Have you ever heard the talk of Jess Woods around? He asked us. I mean, I've heard the name, but no specifics, I admitted. The girls agreed. They are a very, very wealthy family that was in business with Disney World in the early 80s. The daughter's name was Isabel, Isabel Jesswood, he continued. Emily interjected. Oh, I've heard of that name for sure, she exclaimed. Well, she was to be married right here in Disney to a man whose name honestly escapes me. However, the week before it was found out that he was a con artist. He had never really loved her. He only he was actually engaged to another woman, and he was just in it for the money. My God, that's awful, Mika said while pouring another drink. When she found out, she was destroyed. Destroyed to the point of no return. Their favorite ride in the park was the Haunted Mansion. But towards the end of the night, she put on her wedding dress and got on the ride. After downing two bottles of antidepressants and a bottle of Jack. She was dead before the ride even ended. He finished and took a shot of Jameson. Shut the F up, Emily said. You're so full of it. Yeah, man, I have to admit, you had me for a second, I admitted. Babe, I had no idea you were so creative, Mika kissed him. I wish I was joking. You'll see. Now that you know, you'll feel it. You'll hear it. She knows you know now. After that, we all kind of just moved on. It wasn't right away. Maybe two or three ships after. 
Maybe two or three shifts later, I hear it. A slight cry, like a sob. I was working the exit of the ride alone, which isn't unusual for a Tuesday night on the off-season. I checked the camera to make sure a kid didn't get out of their seat, which was rare but not unheard of. Nothing. Not a single person. There hadn't been a person in the last half hour, at least, anyway. I walked along the path to the emergency exit just to make sure the cam wasn't missing anything. The whole time, hearing the cry. Again. Nothing. Uh. Suddenly, I felt wrong. Like the feeling you get when you know someone is watching you. That weight. The uncomfortable, almost indescribable feeling. I walked, embarrassingly, a lot faster than I would like to admit. Back to my post and counted down the seconds until I could leave. This would happen sporadically, but nothing more than the cry and the feeling. I decided I would ask my friends about it. They too had been hearing it. Emily was the worst. She swore something had been following her. It got to the point where I would sleep over her place just so she could sleep in general. This horrifying event brought her, her and me closer and closer. She would wake up every morning at 3 a.m. sharp, drenched in sweat and gasping for air. I would calm her down and get her back to bed. This went on for a few months. I started having the same nightmares she was having. I dreamt about the ride and being paralyzed in the seat, not being able to move at all. But the ride wasn't the funny cute kid's ride. It was a scene of pure horror and violence, a massacre, ending with a woman dead in the seat next to me. I was determined to find out what was going on. So one night on a day off, I called Eli. We were going out to the bar. We sat in a booth and ordered our beers. Jesus, man, you look like crap, he said to me. I haven't been sleeping well, if I'm being honest, dude. That whole Jesswood story has Emily and I pretty shaken up, he frowned. Yeah, Mika too. I wasn't completely truthful with you. He grabbed his beer and took a sip, slamming it back on the table. I'm not sure if it was the sleep deprivation, the heat, the beers, or all above. But as soon as he said that, I had a flash of anger and pictured myself jumping across the table and wrapping my hands across his throat. Well, now is the chance, I guess. I passed her to you guys. He ordered us more beers and a round of shots. She was stalking me. I had just learned of her a few weeks ago. That's what she does. She stalks the person or people who have just learned about her. The drinks were delivered. He took his shot and slid mine to me. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. We took the shots. All you have to do is tell someone else the story and this will all go away. She will move on to whomever you tell it to. I grabbed his shirt and gave him a solid right hook across the table. He didn't even try to fight back. How could you do this to us? Tamika, your girlfriend. I threw him back into the seat. I was drunk. I didn't want any of this to happen. You guys made me tell you. He tried to justify his actions. I'm so sorry, Joey. I truly am. But this is your issue now. It took all I had not to beat him into the ground. But I got up and went to tell Emily and Mika the whole story. When I did, they immediately believed me. So we decided we needed to tell someone else and fast. Have you heard the story of Isabel Jesswood? You should really stay away from the haunted mansion. Uh, Laura, uh, did you just tell us that story for a reason? Are we cursed now? Ah! <laughs> it's like the, the ring. ring. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, Ooh, you just it's creepy dude, reading that. And woo. You just cursed everybody listening. <laughs> that's only if you choose to believe it. She's like, yeah, well, that's fine. 
Right, who's up next? This guy is, but fair warning, this may be a very large creepy pasta meal. Alright, we're leftovers. in a heaping plate of spooky spaghetti. We've got the time, I say <laughs> you just the, go for it. Give it your heart and soul. It's the never ending creepy pasta bowl. It's true. That's right. Unlimited <laughs> breadsticks. The tour of Italy. Well, Creepy people could just edition. listen as they want. You know, skip ahead to yeah, the next no. one. Skip ahead to the end. <laughs> this one's good, though. All right, guys. Here here we go. All right. Ah, the magical world of Disney. So much goes on off stage and behind the scenes to ensure that the guests have the most magical time of their lives once they arrive on that property. Ever seen a wet paint sign while walking through the parks? How about a maintenance cast member with a bag of tools? Anyone with a construction hard hat? Of course, of course you haven't. That would ruin the experience that Walt Disney World is perfection. Because at 99.99% of all work goes on after the show is over. All the little mice that keep the place running the clock, like clockwork don't even start working until the announcement is made over the radios that we carry that say, Park is now clear. Then the crew gets to work. Maintenance starts buzzing around in their golf carts. The custodial cast members bring out their large hoses to wash on every inch of the streets we all walk on, and the construction crews are allowed to pass the security perimeter gates to come in and do whatever needs to be done. That's where my story begins. I've worked construction most of my life. When work dried up up north, I moved to Florida, where some of my family had moved over 10 years ago. Naturally, I needed to find a job. I wound up applying for and getting hired by a construction company that shall remain nameless that literally did almost all of the construction needs for the corporate mouse. I spent five or six overnights a week at various locations at Walt Disney World with co-workers. We weren't employed by Disney, so we weren't actually cast members. So we're doing whatever our foreman told us needed to be done. Sweet gig, actually, even though it was very hard work at times. Just think. How many people can truly say they get to ride around Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, etc. in the dead of night in trucks, golf carts, and what have you while the park is just about empty except for a skeleton crew? For about the first six months, I kind of kept to myself except for talking with the crew of the company that I worked for. Then I began noticing how chummy many of the Disney overnight crew was with our staff. Custodians, when working in the same areas as us, would come and talk to the boys as well as the overnight security cast members. I began to slowly get to know many of these folks as well, for they, for the most part, were really nice. I got to know many of the night security staff, by face at least, at all four parks as well as the resorts. If you don't know, Walt Disney World opened in 1971. It was actually not too uncommon to come across someone who had been a lifer with Disney or knew uh, someone who was. For 40 plus years working for the mouse, God bless him, even my foreman, who although he did not work directly for Walt Disney World, was one of those. He was a lifer. Boy, did he have some stories to tell to pass the time. As I adjusted more to the job, I began to get more comfortable with the surroundings. The cast members grew more social towards me, and I was able to make my way through the parks without getting lost, too. Let me tell you, that's not an easy feat when you first start out there. You know how big it is. Especially at night. Although it's not pitch black, there is very minimal lighting except where we put our floodlights on to do some work. Security is only using flashlights or the headlight of their carts to light their ways, and store lights are only on if someone's working in them. Quite eerie and yet cool at the same time. It's like a totally different place than during operating hours. While working there, I'd get to hear stories from them all the time. 
the famous ghost in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, the murder-suicide in one of the rooms of a certain resort, the jumping off of terraces is another, ghosts of cast members who pass on that come back and say hi, the spooky occurrences at rides where some unfortunate guest was killed. Stories went on and on, although funny here, I won't lie, did give the whole property an ominous feel at times and the guests would never get to experience. Even co-workers of mine had stories to tell. Attractions turning on even though the lock lockout tag out system is in place to ensure that they don't. Following someone to a break room and walking in to find no one there. Of course the noises and voices when they were working alone. So several months ago, when arriving at work, the foreman called our team over for a meeting. He announced we'd be starting a new assignment in the Magic Kingdom shortly. We'd be working on the Seven Dwarves Mine Train ride. This attraction will be opening later in the year. How exciting. Up until now, my crew, since I had started with them, had been doing mundane yet necessary assignments. We had the pleasure of pouring concrete, digging ditches, fixing bathrooms, you know, the good stuff. Now we're actually getting to work on an attraction. Imagine me getting to tell my future wife and children that I helped make this when we're riding it. I would be in awe and I would be so proud. The building was already up for the most part and we were going to be working on making it quote show ready. You know, making a building look like a mine inside and out, fabricating rocks, fixating jewels, the works. When the time came to start this, he had us meet in one of the cast member break rooms inside the attraction. For those that don't know, most if not all attractions have break rooms inside them that the public cannot see. A cast member working the ride literally doesn't have to leave if he or she doesn't want to, even for a lunch break. He explained the job, who would be doing what each week, and all the normal details. Then he proceeded to tell us that per Disney management, we were all to take our breaks at 3 a.m. to only take it in this particular break room where we were in. I thought that was kind of weird. Since my employment with them began, we were never told where to take our lunch. We used to always stagger our breaks as well, that most of the crew was always working whatever i guess the mouse paid our bills so who was i to question it i was still the rookie but i will say this i saw what i was thinking in the eyes of my co-workers as well i guess you could call me paranoid but i would never leave my lunch bag in the fridge of the break room i'm a jerk if i get hungry and after having it stolen once while at animal kingdom i wasn't going to have that happen again so i just carried it with my other gear from then on out we were working on the opposite side of the attraction from the break room and it was just about lunchtime. We cleaned up all the possible trip hazards and went on break. When we got to the break room, I realized I'd left my bag where we were working. There was no way I was spending eight bucks on a Coke and a bear claw from one of the Disney rip-off vending machines. <laughs> I told the guys I was going to run back and get my bag, so off I went. I was hurrying along because we only get a half hour for lunch and even if we take a minute longer to get back to our work location, you're in trouble. And you all know how fast a half hour goes unless you're working. Trying to make good time, I must have made a wrong turn in all that blackness. My stupid flashlight was in my tool bag, of course. I was attempting to feel my way around feel my way around the tracks when I saw some light coming up ahead of me. They looked like they could be part of the emergency lights, but they were quite dim and flickering. Who cares? Any port in a storm, right? I slowly made my way towards them and began to hear voices. I couldn't make out any words. There was no one in the attraction other than us, or so we were told. Oh my god, after all the stories I was told, was I finally going to have one of my own? As much as I felt the hairs on my neck stand up, I was excited as well. Even though I really like hearing about ghosts, I can't say that I'm really truly afraid of them. I just don't want them in my home. Other than that, I find the idea fascinating. 
I slowly peeked my head in around the next corner. I wish to God it was a ghost that I saw. It was a large, at least compared to what we were working, open space that some fabricated stone slab made to look like a natural rock formation in the center. Six figures in suits were around it in a circle. Five were holding candles and one was reading off what looked like an old piece of parchment. What he was saying was beyond my knowledge, not English, from what I could hear. Every time the main suit would finish a sentence or two, the others would repeat the last word. As I crouched there amazed, I saw what looked like a flash of yellow and blue stirring from the top of the altar. There was someone on it. It was a woman. She stirred again and I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. It looked like one of those college program kids that get to be friends with the characters. Completely dressed as Snow White. She was gagged and bound. What was I what was I seeing? Her eyes were huge and filled with fright. Tears were streaming down her face, making her overly done makeup run. As much as she struggled, she could barely move. The man with the parchment stopped reading. The others produced some crudely made daggers and made their way to her. Two of them went to each of her arms, two to her legs, and one stood at the top of her head. The leader made a gesture with his hands and said one more uncomprehensible word, and the others moved in. The two by her arms sliced her arms from mid-bicep down to the wrist. Two others did the same from mid-thigh to the tops of her feet. The fifth one actually carved what looked like a half moon into her forehead. I stifled a scream and closed my eyes. I could hear muffled screams and smell copper in my nostrils and taste in the back of my throat. I opened my eyes briefly to see the leader produce a knife, walk over to the altar, lift poor Snow White's chin up towards him. That's when I turned and ran. I got back to the break room, sprinting through the door. I must have looked half crazy. One of my buddies said, what happened to you? And where's your lunch bag? I didn't even answer him. I just stood there. He looked me over one more time and decided to call the foreman over and radio to come talk to me. The foreman came in, took one look at me and asked if I was feeling okay. Shook my head. He told me to go home. I called out sick the next three days. In the comfort of my home, I attempted to rationalize what had happened. Had to be a gag, right? Was it some of the guys at work? Just, you know, welcome to the crew trick? I mean, God, Walt Disney World is crammed to college kids, but, you know... Just a bunch of early 20-year-olds home and away away from college getting paid crap just so they can put Disney on their resumes. I, My mind was playing tricks on me. I don't know. God, Walt Disney World is crammed full of college program kids. It just, it just had to be a mistake. It had to be. Like, on my first night back to work, I literally had to force myself not to turn my car around at the security gate when the guard opened it for me to enter. When I got to the break room, one of the lifers I worked with was sitting there seemingly waiting for me. He told me to clock in, leave my stuff with him, and go meet the foreman over by the main entrance. I looked at him, but that was pretty far from where the mine was. We were heavily frowned upon. Cast members could be found wandering far from where we were assigned. I stated as such, and he said, go, you'll be fine with your boss. So, it would be on him and not yours if someone says something. I made my way over to the main entrance and found him under the train station sitting on one of those benches. He told me to sit. Sat there for about five minutes without speaking. He put his hand on my shoulder and said that I was a great co-worker. The other guys liked me a lot and he didn't want to lose me and he was surprised I came back after the way I looked. I told him that it wasn't far from the truth. He asked me 
if I was just sick or something or what happened. He also asked me if maybe a cast member manager had given me a hard time, and if so, that he'd take care of it. Shook my head and said that he wouldn't believe me and would probably fire me for being a nut if I told him. He then said something that made me feel okay to tell me tell him my story. He said, I've worked here since it was just flat land and dirt roads. Nothing you say can shock me. I looked up at him dead in the eyes and I saw he was telling the truth. I began to explain everything from the beginning. I ended the story when the other guy told me to come see him. My foreman sat there, flicked a cigarette butt under the ground. It was a huge Disney no-no. He sat there nodding through the entire story, not interrupting once. Not once a smirk, a smile, oh. a look of disbelief. A custodial truck happened to drive by when the headlights flashed on us. All the blood drained from the foreman's face. He breathed and exhaled once from the mouth. He had beginnings of tears in his eyes. He finally spoke. What I'm about to tell you, not many here have been here long enough to know, and those who do know almost never speak about it. Sort of a taboo subject, and the few that do talk about it are too old to care, or have had one too many scotches. He smiled half-heartedly at this, and I thought maybe he might stop, but he continued. I've lived in this area for almost 80 years and barely been out of the state, less times than I can count on one hand. Orlando has only looked this way for a short time. If you could have seen this land in the time I grew up, here you would be amazed. Marshland and orange groves, nothing else. Until Uncle Walt decided that it was his spot for his next incredible theme park. It was practically nothing. Humans have been inhabiting this land for a very long time. All Native Americans that lived in or around the land you're sitting on right now. Ancient lands, well I'm no historian, but I guess them Indians at some point figured out this land was a little spoiled. At some point, when these cultures were not having good weather or crops, what have you, they figured out that a blood sacrifice could do the trick. Every time they built a large structure in the area, they drew blood. But for whatever reason, the sacrifice had to do with the structure being built. For example, if Indians were building a religious structure, a shaman had to be sacrificed. If a settler was building a barn or an orange grove, a farmhand had to be sacrificed. What? You get me. It had to be done by the elders of the town. Couldn't be done by just anyone, but the elders, the most influential ones in the area. You ever seen that movie Pet Cemetery by Stephen King? Like <gasps> yes. that, but the important people involved. Oh. Do you know the story about Disney buying this land? He bought it not under Disney brand, but hundreds of pseudo companies. He didn't want anyone to know what he was going to build a theme park here because the locals may not sold as cheaply as they did. So he did what he did. I wonder if, though... Through this half-truth bargaining, if him and his round-table executives ever wondered why so many were willing to sell at that price. Whoa. Were they done having to do this despicable act to make a profit? Did many of them want out? It can really make you wonder. And how come supposedly no one dies at Disney? How come all the people are proclaimed dead off the property? <gasps> and why do we hire so many college kids that are supposedly running rampant here? Think about it. <laughs> I just gotta tell you because I think... You may deserve it after what you've seen, or what you've claimed to. The powers that be here are powerful. More powerful than just being Disney executives. They pretty much rule everything. You think Club 33 is exclusive? He laughed, but with no humor. The club you stumbled upon rules more than just a theme park. If you talk about what you've seen, your life may be in danger. I just sat there, trying to soak in what I just heard that was intense. And then my foreman said one more thing. This is the last sentence that that nice man has ever said to me. 
If you think that was bad, just imagine what I heard as we were building into Small World. I swear I still hear those screams of those kids once I close my eyes at night. Forty years after. My reply, I quit. Ah, the magical world of Disney. I still get the shakes when I think about it. I hate every, I hate every Disney commercial that comes on TV, and they come on a lot. I get goosebumps every time, and I'll never ride that train with my family. Oh, oh my gosh! Did it, oh, do you think he was talking about the Illuminati or something? Like crazy? Whoa! That seems to be a theme in these creepypastas: is that Disney is like a secret, a, a cover-up for a cult, like, Illuminati, like, yeah, eyes wide shut style meetings Whoa. and like MK Ultra stuff. Whoa, oh my gosh. No, it's just a mouse. Oh, wait, so I did notice, Allison, you mentioned in your story the It's black... a small world room. The black polos, yep, seem to be Yeah, also... the black polos and the khakis seem to be a common theme that runs throughout these stories. And the suits. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of black polos, khakis, and the suits, those yeah. all are players in my next story. <laughs> Ooh, do Ooh. tell. Oh man, these are all so creepy! Oh, it's a creepy spooky <laughs> spaghetti! I hope you guys are enjoying our Halloween. Manja. Halloween. Yeah, month. this is uh, uh. Maybe now we can take the time to, to really consider if they're real or fake. What do you guys think? I don't know. Just oh. think every every ride that's been made is needed a sacrifice. Oh, so and it's a like a theme sacrifice. Disney. That was the creepiest part. So they had to, like. <laughs> for the Motor Speedway, they had to get Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Spooky. Boy. Ooh, man. I think the, uh, I don't know, the ghost story is pretty freaky. But I, I, wanna, I think the Haunted Mansion certainly is haunted. Yeah. And I, I don't sure. know. Yeah. And that uh, an underground world with that creepy, crazy Mickey. That's Oh, terrifying. my gosh. The <laughs> contorted body crawling at you. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the exorcism of Emily Rose stuff. Yeah, that stuff really uh, creeps me out. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so here's my second story. Woohoo! This story is, uh, I found it on the No Sleep Reddit, and um, the, it is entitled, I was an undercover security officer at Walt Disney World. I found their darkest secret. That's the title. Okay, here we go. Good morning. I'm writing this on my phone, so please have patience with any grammatical or formatting errors. This post got removed originally, and I messaged the mods. They said they have no idea how it happened, but I have been finding small silhouettes of Mickey Mouse outside my house. <laughs> Sorry. How freaking start... throw me into a tissy. I know, why can you shut us down? <laughs> to start off with, I now reside in a completely different state other after leaving my job with Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. I used to be what one other Redditor described as a suit. <gasps> I am one of the guys that walks around the park in plain sight, yet hidden Whoa. to the public. I am part of the elite group of black polos sporting undercover security officers that specialize in worse things than shoplifters and unruly park guests. What? You see, as stated prior to this post on the subreddit No Sleep, if you are at Walt Disney World, and if you see more than a few guys in one place wearing black polos, then you are most likely in danger, and you should leave the area immediately. The sad part is, we are so good at blending in with the woodwork, and you wouldn't even notice us. 
I have seen some pretty weird things at Disney World during my time. These anomalies that everyone speaks of. Well, they are true, but that's the least of our concerns. See, the thing is, when you take hundreds of thousands of people and cram them into a relatively small space, weird things are going to happen. We have had kids, even adults, get lost in the park. Cryptozoological sightings, alien sightings, what? ghost sightings, and just generally inexplicable things happen all the time. Wow. Yeah. I was a senior special security officer during the height of my time there and got called for some pretty dark things. Uh, many of you think we, as in security detail, were covering up for the Disney Corporation, but in our true nature we were damage control and were kept out of the loop on things and were not trained to question but to diffuse. There was one thing, though, that to this day still bothers me. A cast member called us on the Nextel to report a group of four children had gone missing on the land. Of course, I thought, another one of those anomalies. For those of you who don't know, the eerily calming nature ride called Living with the Land was located in the Land and Sea Pavilion. This is not a pavilion. Uh, over by Soren. <laughs> the odd thing about this report is that we have never received one of these complaints before, and of course we are issued cover-up stories to tell cast members or guests to calm them down. My colleague calmly came up with the story and explained that the kids were part of an educational program and they exited the boat with a guide and were escorted into the botany lab that exists on the ride. I told her not to ask any questions or talk about the incident as not to spread false rumors and had my colleague escort her to a nearby security office to have her assign some forms. Mm -hmm. Hmm. My human nature took over and I got my human nature took over and I got curious and entered the ride on the next boat alone. Living with the land is boring and not particularly popular. I can understand how kids would be on the boat alone and also how I could get on a boat by myself. I noticed absolutely nothing until I came to the part of the ride that has the prairie farmhouse. It looks like a faux house, but something about it never sat right with me. As I have done hundreds of times before on rides, I jumped off the boat and onto the scene where the house is. I noticed something funny, though. There were no pressure mats, and the boat went away, allotting about a good 30 seconds before the next boat got to the scene. I have never seen a ride with no pressure mats to detect if anyone disembarks the ride. So, quick recap. Kids disappear on ride. I show up and feed cast member who reported at some story about how they disembarked mid-ride or on a tour of the lab, but for her not to question it. Colleagues of mine then take her away to debrief, and I contacted the new cast member operating the ride to tell him to put some space between the next boat as I'm looking for a lost wedding ring. B.S. I know, but so what? I slowly start to walk up to the faux house. Climbing the steps of the porch, I notice a small emblem on the left window. It's a small square and compass symbol. <gasps> Interesting that a Masonic symbol is hidden uh -oh. here. I figured whoever built the ride was a Freemason and just brushed it off. I looked in the window of the house and there was nothing but curtains with black plywood behind them. I thought that there was nothing to see here, but still something inside me decided that wasn't good enough. The front door glided open to a bright room with a black and white checkerboard floor. There was a marble altar-like table on the opposite end of the room with some kind of weird throne-like chair built into the front of it and a gold cup on the tabletop. The only other thing that was noticeable was a heavy wooden door on the other end of the room, and this was locked. There was no windows or anything else. I thought it was weird, because I was always under the impression that this house was fake. Human nature took over again, and against my better judgment, I tried the door in the room, but I was relieved that it was locked. 
I tried my keys, but none of them worked. Here's the thing. At Disney, we use a lock system called BEST. They had this, this had interchangeable cores that have assigned numbers and or letters. This is so we can issue keys only to certain areas. I have the general master key, which essentially is the real key to the kingdom. Oh. Interesting thing about this lock was that my master didn't open it. I looked closer, and it was a BEST lock, but the inscription said CC on it, which I had never seen before. Since the door wasn't open, I decided to just leave. On my way out, I noticed in the floor there was a fast pass printed out for Soren. Huh. I picked it up and pocketed it. <laughs> it's amazing how trash works its way into odd places. I'm going to figure out where these kids went. Find them. I rode the boat. <laughs> I'm on to find those kids. I rode the boat back out to the platform and went back to Epcot's security office to play back some footage from the DVR. It took me a while, but I zeroed in on the period where the kids entered the land and sea pavilion and followed them. <laughs> there were four kids total, three girls and one boy. The girls' actions were almost robotic and a sent a chill up my spine. They walked in a straight line through the pavilion, but what scared me was there was a man with them escorting them through the place. Ew. I paused and looked closer. When I realized the man was wearing a black polo and khakis, <gasps> the same thing I was uh. wearing. I even recognized him. It was one of my colleagues. Alan is the guy that was at the scene before I got there. The same guy who fed the cast member at the control podium the BS about the kids going on a tour. I thought maybe he did actually send them on the tour of the, the botanic lab and lost track of them until I hit play on the film. The boy was not walking in line, and I could tell he was giving Alan problems. He keeps venturing away and getting distracted by various things in the pavilion. The benefit of the doubt I gave Alan subsided when I say, when I see the kid go press the button for the fast pass on Soren and take the, the paper fast pass almost like a prize. Yeah. Alan then tugged him away and stood back and observed as the kids walked to the living with the land. I saw them get on the boat. I saw them through the storm scene, through the rainforest scene, and then through the desert scene. After the desert, I lost the boat on camera. The ride stopped momentarily. You could see it on the other scenes, and once it resumes, I saw the boat again in the scene with a picture of farmers. The boat was empty. <gasps> I also saw freaking Alan looking down <laughs> off the observation deck. Alan. Which explains how he responded so quickly. I switched the cameras back to live view and left that area. I haven't been exactly honest with you thus far. I know a lot of things what Disney does and the things we respond to that a regular security officer wouldn't deal with. I've seen them experiment so many things as you, such as eugenics, pharmaceutical engineering, even experimenting with gas. Mom. Have you ever noticed that on both Spaceship Earth and the monorail that you get a strange calm feeling on those rides? What? Well, they are pumping low doses of laughing gas in those areas. <sighs> ever heard of Room Zero? They were wearing gas masks for a reason. What? Ever hear of gas guts? Well, that's not important right now. I would encourage you to research it. I never thought that what we did was okay by containing these dark secrets, but it paid well. I have seen them quickly inject some experimental drug on guests and throw them back out there. Our job was to monitor and contain them if things went haywire. I know that I am the bad guy, but this wasn't normal. This wasn't procedural. First thing I did was go over to the room where we keep the keys. I looked through the logbooks for the core labeled CC 
I found it, but it had no zone or specific location issued to the core, and the number of the copies were marked as one. This key was in our system, but my master key didn't open it. So I grabbed the core key and a few zone one cores. The core key is a specific key that when inserted into the lock will remove the core so it can be replaced with another. I put this in my pocket and make a beeline for the land and sea pavilion. I may be paranoid, but I swear I saw Alan following me in the shadows. I got to the ride and got to the house and back in the front door to the Masonic room, locked the front door as I entered. I inserted the core key lock into the wooden door, removed the core, inserted the zone one core into the lock. Now my master key will open the door and boy did it. The door oh. glided open. It was heavy and steel on the other side with the wood face. There was a velvet red carpeted staircase leading down to some kind of utilidor. But we were in Epcot. There's one small utilidor in Epcot, but it doesn't go this deep. I descended the stairs and walked down the red carpeted hallway to those two double oh. doors. Behind these doors was my answer and the truth as to what happened to these kids. Through these doors was the darkest side of Disney, a side of Disney that I even couldn't believe. Would Walt be in favor of this? Or is this one of Eisner's little ideas of making more money off <gasps> his guests? Uh-huh, I said it. Behind these doors was an empty, dimly lit room with a small circular platform in the center. The carpet has the same lush red velvet carpet from the hallway. There were six leather armchairs around the circular platform, all with telephones and card readers on the table next to the chair. Inside, I knew what was going on. I knew it was happening here. This is one thing I will not cover up for the Disney Corporation. I stood there in belief and horror and noticed a small door noticed a small door towards the back of the room. I went over and popped out the CC core, put it in my pocket, and put in the zone one core. I heard someone clear their throat from the front of the room. It was Alan. He had an annoyed look on his face and held a gun trained at me. I slowly popped the door open on the latch and turned to face him. You never should have come here, he said to me when he was stepping towards me. So this is what you and your scumbag friends resorted to? We did some pretty messed up stuff, Alan, but this is a new low for you and your disgusting friends. I had my hand on my side and blocked the view of me, slipping the zone one core out of the handle and into my pocket. It's not going to matter because no one's going to find out. He raised the gun, and like something out of an action movie, I ripped the door open as he pulled the trigger as the bullet hit the floor. I jumped backwards through the doorway and shut it behind me. He was stuck because I had both cores in my pocket, so there was no way he could open the door. He started shooting at the door, and I moved forward. I walked down a hallway with these small cell-like rooms lining the hall, and inside were those play school chairs and a few toys. I checked every one of them, and they were all empty. I got to the end of the hall, and there was a huge metal vault-like door. I popped the last zone one core into the door to replace the CC core, and pulled the steel door open to be hit in the face with sunlight. I was outside in some utility road off the premises of Epcot. The road led away. I was too late, and they were gone for good. I called the police, but they never came. I called the FBI, but they never took me seriously. I even called the CIA, but they said they don't deal with domestic issues like that and referred me back to the <gasps> FBI. I showed up at the Orange County Police Department headquarters, and they took a report, but I heard something fall into the trash can as I was leaving. Disney is good at what they do. They are good at keeping secrets, 
and they are good at controlling any outside force that attempts to bring their secrets to light. I am lucky I saw the sunlight again, and I'm lucky to have had time to leave the state before they got to me. If you go there, please keep your kids close. Watch out for the guys in the black polos. They may be monitoring you. They may be responding to something that will put you in danger. As far as I know, they aren't the ones that pick out the merchandise. I don't even know who does that. Merchandise? Ah! The second ah! <laughs> It took me like such a long time to get that. Here's some pictures of the house I found on the web. The second story of the house is seemingly normal, but I don't know how they access it. You'll also notice there's an observation deck. This area was undergoing maintenance at the time. It was closed off to the guests, but CCTV footage revealed nothing was happening in that area. The camera points back into the observation area and not at the house. There are no cameras in that portion of Whoa. the ride. Disneyland, they're little gas masks for children with Mickey Mouse's face. Look at this, Allison. <gasps> yeah, they're Ew, pretty yeah, messed they're up so looking. Scary. The Donald one is the creepiest. From like World War II. That's really creepy. Uh, That's some creepy pasta. The pasta is so creepy. I do not want to eat it. <laughs> oh, that's some spicy <laughs> pasta. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, mark that under false. Because I don't want to believe that right. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scary. Scary. That room with the telephones and the leather chairs, oh. like, around the... Uh, Sick. Scary. Super scary. And there were, like, play school chairs. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. Creepy pasta. So, next time you next time you go on Living with the Land... Notice there are no cameras. In Ooh, I'm gonna look for that creepy house. I mean, I, I sort of remember it, but no, I don't know. I'm gonna enter that creepy no! house. No. Make you make some money. Andrew, do you remember any of those sort of core keys or anything like that from uh, when you were? I know that, that all of my managers looked like custodians. <laughs> Decoy. Yeah. Well, okay. So how about this? Do you keys. guys think that maybe these black polo khaki pants people exist? Yeah, I've seen them. Have you? Yeah. I've seen. Khakis, what? black polo, backstage at Epcot. But like official, well, like he's handling some scary like business. Like two of them walking together. Is that why you looked at They're me? They're diffusing yeah. situations and covering up secrets. Yeah, of oh, course they are. Creepy. And like you're it. apparently being pumped laughing gas uh, on the yeah, monorail. Oh, I want to believe that. Is that why it's most funny? You should just <laughs> hang out there for a little bit. <laughs> Gotta get your oh own gosh. car. Do right. it up. Stop the ride. That's something you like don't. Think Marge of... wants to chase the dragon. <laughs> don't say <No>. that. <laughs> this is a this is an adult episode. This is. Say what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that kind of stuff is really freaky. Stuff that you, in your wildest nightmare, I should say, could never come up with. I mean, even the the fact that they. Could possibly be pumping laughing gas. I mean, I mean, I don't it's know. crazy because it could be true. Right? Like you don't want to believe it. Like no, no, it's not true. It's not true. But then you're like, well, kind of, could be. No, it's not true. I don't <laughs> know. I get the, I how get... come? How no. come the? Uh, how come the land has an altar? 
Maybe for the sacrifice. <laughs> now when we ride that seven no. dwarves mine train. Woo. Sorry, Snow White. Andy. Andy's Roundup. Come on and gather round. Andy's Roundup. Where nobody wears a frown. That guy is go running. Whenever he's in town, he's the rootinest, tootinest, shootinest, hootinest cowboy around. Alright guys, welcome to Andy's Roundup, the creepy pasta installment. Creepy, creepy Roundup. So <laughs> spookiest, spookiest, spookiest spooky Roundup. Spooky stories. Wild, wild west. Um <laughs> So since we're doing a creepy one, and we all heard and read some stories. If you had to create, you don't have to do it right now, or it doesn't have to be anything. Just what location in Walt Disney World would you use for your creepy pasta story? Ooh, I was hoping this was what the roundup oh, was going to be. Oh man. Okay, I would love to hear a creepy. I'll go first. Okay. I would love to hear a creepy pasta. Uh, I could, I could probably write one if I. So I'm the writer, right? Yes. yes. You can okay. tell us what I it's would... about or anything like that, or just the location. All right, I'll whatever try and you see. Do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to write my creepypasta story about the Country Bear Jamboree. Oh. About, like, you know, you're, maybe you're uh, a chicken. An overnight stock shift at, at uh, Magic Kingdom, and you wander into Frontierland, and the, you uh, hear noise coming on, you hear noise going in there, and you go in, and, and the, the bears are all, like, demonic and have, like, demon teeth and, like, yeah fangs and uh and and they're like hanging out or something or like attacking you <laughs> yeah oh that's creepy yeah the creepy country bears would probably be you know and like liver lips is chasing you <laughs> <gasps> uh, oh my gosh that's a good one that's a real good one laser eyes and stuff and like blood, like dripping down their mouth <laughs> Whoa, super scary. Oh my gosh. Hmm. What kind of other, uh, would we have some, any creepy ravioli from you guys? Or creepy ziti? Yeah, Laura's up. Hmm. If you want, I can go. If you need some time. Well, uh, let's see. I'm trying to go with an older ride, you know, something with a lot of history. Can I go? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, for my creepypasta, it would definitely be the riverboat ride to Tom mm -hmm. Sawyer Island at night where all the ravenous red-eyed creatures come out <gasps> that actually are the ones that clean the park they eat all the trash and they come out and do all that it's not third shift it's the swamp monster <gasps> and they come out the and you accidentally don't don't catch the last boat off so you're stuck all oh. night until sunbreak and it's a struggle every minute and you you um, fashioned a spear and you had to fight off the monsters. Yeah, everything. It's just basically Maroons. like a survival situation until the morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully. I love that idea. I love that idea of how the 
custodians aren't the ones doing the cleaning overnight. It's it's the swamp. Just because we recently watched Ratatouille. (laughs) That's how it's so clean. They're evil, but they're very cleanly. They love that food. (laughs) Protein spill. They're they're nasty, but they also like, they need to have a clean park. Right. Top priority. (laughs) They're OCD nasty. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to say that my ride is going to be Peter Pan's Flight. Ooh. And the story goes that so many people go on that ride, and it's such a popular ride. And you're flying through the air, and there's not much of a, not much really protecting you from falling out to the bottom below. <laughs> well, my story is going to be numerous incidents of people falling out of the pirate ship, and then. Cast members will start to notice that night. You ride the ride for quality control. You're going through the part where you're overlooking different parts of Neverland. But there are ghosts that you can be seen reaching up at you, trying to grab at your feet. It's awesome. <laughs> trying to grab at the boat. People who have passed on the ride. Oh. So ghosts that have like trying to reach up and and touch you in the in the boat. Ursula S. So creatures. Also, could be maybe some stories of people riding the ride who kind of feel some disturbance underneath. But that's kind of how. Ooh. Yeah, like uh, like the guys in Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah, the poor unfortunate souls. They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're trying to like nip yeah. at you. Like uh, they're just out of reach. They're like trapped it. down there because they died a uh, horrible death, and Disney covered it up. <laughs> <gasps> yes. <laughs> Hey, um, one real creepy thing at Disney World. Do you remember the uh, paint or the photos they used to have hanging on the rooms in Port Orleans, uh, Riverside, oh, yeah. or French Quarter? Before they redid them, they had these really, really spooky black and white photos of like somebody's like great, great, great aunt or something. Oh yeah, that's right. And the Look. ladies were very like like Papa Voodoo. Uh, yeah. Well. That's funny you say that because yeah, exactly. I'm doing some research for this episode. Numerous people have mentioned how Port Orleans French Quarter is really scary to them and could be haunted. And that was probably where we saw those paintings because, or the pictures, the photographs. Yeah. Because we used to stay there, I think, before we started staying at Riverside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It must have been French Quarter then. Super creepy, though. Ooh, creepy pasta, guys. Too scary to eat, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, what a good way to kick off October. I know. I know we told a bunch of stories. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully you didn't get too freaked out. And too sacrificial. Yeah, don't, uh... All right, everybody. So thanks so much again for listening to our creepy, spooky spaghetti episode. And you can follow us on... Check us out on social media. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I don't know what the the pictures we'll be posting this week will be, but we'll be sure to include some. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we could think well, of. Well, we'll definitely some not post... so scary pics. We could, yeah. And maybe pics of the... That super creepy gas mask. We can always include that. Well, that... I think we'll see. <gasps> yeah. We could do yeah. the house and the land. Oh, yeah. 
you know, maybe some... <gasps> we'll scare up, we'll scare right? up some good yes. the dwarves mind train. We'll raise some photos from the dead. And should we mention that for this whole month of October, we have five uh, Saturdays in October, and we thought we would do special Halloween or spooky scary themed episodes for each episode in October, so... We've got lots of other spooky yeah. stuff coming. Who doesn't love Halloween? The best. I love it. And Seasons we'll do some change. not so scary stuff as well. So rest assured, if you are a spooky. Oh, yeah. Way, way less the scary The leaves stuff. are falling just like Disney's body count. <laughs> no, that's rising. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Until yeah, next so time. Boo to you and you and you. If you dare. Are we there?